concerned with Moolah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it Or what to do with it or how to keep it You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret But you're not the only one Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun Now your healing has begun It's bad with money with Gabe S. Done. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I'm your host, Gabe S. Dunn. Thank you for joining me for our mailbag episode. It's Friday. We're getting loose. We're going to be talking all about job interview assignments, podcast recommendations, and someone's medical story. And you know how we love a medical story here. We did an episode about medical tourism, if you want to go listen to that from last season. And that's one of my favorite episodes we've done. Okay, this is an email from Aida. Hi, Gabe. I know you're probably tired of talking about this, but I did want to add one more thing to the discussion about assignments in hiring, which is how it relates to competency-based hiring. Okay, I'm listening. Competency-based hiring is based on the idea that the most important thing to consider in hiring is the individual's ability to perform the work. Job descriptions are written by listing the core competencies of the job, i.e. relationship building, and then the exact duties of the job as bullet points below those, i.e. identify new prospects, effectively communicate the mission of the company. It focuses less on whether you have done these exact things before and more on whether you have developed the competencies needed for the job. Specific educational requirements are often not even listed. To acknowledge that there are many different ways to develop skills outside of the traditional educational system. Generally speaking, this can help to recruit a more diverse workplace and advance equity and combats the excuse that the talent just isn't there which so many organizations give when called out for their overwhelmingly white male, wealthy, cis-hetero staff. Assignments can be a great way to allow people to show that they have these competencies, even if their career path has been unconventional. Assignments aren't always in support of competency-based hiring and can be exploitative. I'm looking at you, tech bros, but they can be a valuable tool to that end. Thanks for all you do, Aida. Yeah, I'll buy it. I believe it. Sure. I think that you're right that there is something different between the competencies you need and the actual job description. I had never thought of that before. Like, I think being good at X, Y, and Z, you're right, should be listed separately from here are the things you will do on a daily basis. So so I can see someone saying, you know, I haven't exactly done this job, but I'm very good at tech stuff. I'm very good at interfacing with customers. I'm very good at, you know, graphic design, whatever it is, that does make sense. And it does allow people to to move fields if they want to, to more easily transition into a field that is more along the lines of what they want to do with their lives. So I agree. Okay, I'll agree with that. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Teams buried in manual work, taking forever to close the books, Getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, you should know these numbers. 37,025-1. 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining, accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. 
one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. If you have all the information about your business in one place, you can make way better decisions. And this is an unprecedented offer, meaning this is totally worth your time. As someone who runs a business, having all of this together in order to close my books, that would be invaluable. It's a time saver. It's literally the biggest time saver. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. That's netsuite.com slash badwithmoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because when I'm looking to work with someone, I really need to be able to get someone fast. My job works very fast. Podcasts work very fast. And I've actually been looking for an assistant and I don't need to waste time sorting through matches without getting the highest quality person, right? When I'm looking to hire someone, whether that's a grant writer or a musician or something like that, it's very overwhelming because you get a lot of messages, but you're not able to like parse through yourself which ones are actually worth looking at. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you been using Mint to manage your finances? First, the bad news. Mint is shutting down. Now, good news. There's a better alternative. Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it. That's right. I use Mint and now I'm using Monarch Money. It is very stressful, confusing, and time-consuming to manage my finances. I've tried other finance apps. They don't really work. Like, you know, I was very committed to Mint, and then I was uh, deeply sad when Mint went away. But now, I have tried Monarch. It's so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I mean, I really value a company that is proactively looking at how to make finances easier. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top-rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so that you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Can you imagine being able to have a budget app with your partner? That is wild. You can see all your finances, you can collaborate on your budget, you can get insights on your cash flow and reoccurring transactions. It's a very easy way to manage a household's finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. 
Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all your tags and categories. Monarch is the most customizable budget app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Okay, this is an email from John. Hey, Gabe. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. When you brought up the trillion-dollar coin and how money is just made up, it reminded me of this podcast episode from Marketplace. Kai Rizdahl talked with a lot of professionals in their fields about money itself and how our whole economy runs on debt, etc., and it's super interesting. I'm a nerd. In a different podcast from APM called Make Me Smart, Kai and his co-host Kimberly also discussed the trillion-dollar coin and how it would work, but probably would never happen because politics, LOL. It feels weird to write into a podcast to recommend episodes from a different podcast, but I love Marketplace's podcast because I feel like it's a good, legit info source and truly unbiased information. There's more opining in Make Me Smart than in Marketplace, but that's the fun of it. I listen to both podcasts to get info on day-to-day happenings in the economy, and I listen to your podcast to get a completely different perspective on money and financial literacy, and I love integrating what I learned from both of y'all. I've listened to Marketplace's podcast since college, and my husband doesn't ever pay attention to those when I play them. When I found your podcast, he also started taking an interest, and now he makes me wait for him to listen to new episodes when we can listen together. When you took a break after last November, he kept asking me if you had released any new episodes, lol. So glad to hear you again in these new episodes. Hope you find the above episodes informative, best John. Oh, that's so sweet. I love your husband. Sometimes my partner and I do that with Maintenance Phase, which is another really great show. But yeah, I love that. That's so sweet. I also really like Kai and I will give both of those a listen and I will also put their links in the description because why not? I'm not a competitive person. I'm not someone who's like, no, they might listen to this show instead of my show. Like, I think the more resources everyone has, the better. We're not crabs in a bucket, you know? We're, we're, everyone should be lifting each other up. So I do appreciate that. I think the more information everyone has, the better. And so if people want to start listening to these, I think that's great. And also shout out to your husband. What a cool guy. Okay, speaking of recommendations, this is an email from H. Gabe, big slash longtime fan. Just emailing because I hear folks suggesting guests for Bad With Money and I figured I'd share my dream interview too. Since we're both queer progressive Angelinos, I assume you sometimes get Madeline Pendleton on your For You page. She's a communist LA fashion brand owner and I would love, love, love to hear how she built her socialist business and any suggestions she has for those of us that have that entrepreneurial spirit, but none of the awful tech bro vibes. Not to mention, I'm pretty sure she's queer and neurodivergent, so wins all around. I love your content and look forward to your episodes every week. Love, H. I do get Madeline on my For You page, and that's a great idea. I should absolutely have her on. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. I'm writing down all these episode ideas. Speaking of, this is an email from Kay. The origins, concepts of currency, money, ancient trade, and bartering becoming currency would be a fun bad with money episode. I was just at the Mingai International Museum in San Diego, Mingay, I'm not really not pronouncing it right, Mingay, and took these money photos to email you the suggestion. Who knew swords could be money? 
So cool. And the Chumash people, Shell Money Pick, are located here in LA. Perhaps someone from the Chumash people could speak on it. Oh, yes. These pictures are great. Sorry, I can't share them. I know you emailed me about a separate thing, but I just wanted to put that out into the ether as well because I think that would be a great idea. But if anyone has connections to the Chumash people, that would be amazing, actually. I don't even know if I'm saying that right, and I feel really bad if I'm not. But yeah, we did an amazing episode of JBU a long time ago with the host of the This Land podcast with Rebecca Nagel, who reports on Native people and American Indian tribes. And then we also did an episode of this show, Bad With Money, that was called The Impact of COVID-19 on Native American Communities. And that episode is one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. It's it's so good. So go listen to that because even though it came out in 2020, it was like such a fascinating conversation. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the finance world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. We all know about that in my life and how hard that's been for me and also my listeners. You guys hear them talking about it on the mailbags. It is hard to manage finances with a partner. Putting away money for retirement, since I'm not going to be doing this podcast forever. Sorry, I guess I could, but retirement is huge for me. I am deeply focused on it right now and planning for my tax bills so I don't dread April every year. Taxes are a doozy and it's always changing. How do you know what to do? Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Dear Gabe, please no name if you decide to read this. Thanks, and that's awesome if you do. As the saying goes, longtime listener, first time poster. I've been listening at least since 2019. I've enjoyed listening to all your episodes and how you have changed as an individual. I hope you are able to continue and be happy. And apologies for the long email. Feel free to cut for time. I'm emailing because I got my tubes removed. I wanted to share a little so that others might stand a chance and have some expectations. This is structured in process, care, after effects, and why. In terms of process, it wasn't difficult, but there were two hiccups. There was the initial appointment saying what you wanted to happen, where the doctor tries to give you the other options available. This is the appointment where you are going to get the what if your husband wants kids type of question. It's worse if you haven't had kids or if you're under 30. According to studies, either of these things puts you at a high rate of regret. I don't know if I believe it, but it's the figure the doctor is going to repeat a million times. The questions and statements one must be prepared to answer are, what if your husband wants kids? What's your home situation like? What if you want kids later? IVF costs $6,000. What if you want to have kids later and can't afford it? You could change your mind, etc. Try to have answers ready for these questions and stick to your guns. That was my first hiccup. The first time I scheduled this, the appointment kind of got canceled. It was a phone appointment, but got double booked. I don't know if I believe that, honestly. So I talked to the doctor outside of the actual appointment. I basically said I wanted my tubes removed and he gave me a bunch of different birth control options and said someone would get back to me later. No one got back, so I ended up needing to schedule the same appointment again at a later time. The second time went fine, which led to me getting the surgical appointment. The first surgeon I was scheduled for canceled because he thought I was too young, but luckily it got rescheduled with a different surgeon who gave me the surgery. The surgery itself removed the entire tube, so that way it is much more difficult to heal in a way that creates gaps an egg or sperm could hypothetically get through. This, from my understanding, is how the surgery is being most often done now. 
Everything else went fine and the surgery is done. Next is basic recommendations for the surgery and taking care of yourself. First, bring shoes that are easy to take on and off. Bending down isn't easy for a while, especially right after waking up. I also recommend wearing a dress or basketball shorts when you are going to the surgery. The incisions will be near your hip bones and one by your belly button. Because of that, you want to wear something high-waisted so nothing presses against those areas. You will also be bloated, and so something stretchy is good. During recovery, high-waisted granny underwear also helps. It helps to keep stuff covered while not pressing on sensitive stuff. During the surgery, they will pump your belly full of gas so they don't hit important stuff, but you don't immediately deflate afterwards. My surgeon recommended walking a bit afterwards to help your body wake up and get stuff moving. I found that giving myself belly rubs that follow your intestines help to guide the gas out. Some walking throughout the healing process can also help the healing area stay flexible so it doesn't feel tight. Don't overdo it. For me, I walked for 15 minutes two times a day the first week and tried to add as time went on. Keep expectations low, however. I think for the first couple days, it took me 15 minutes to go maybe 100 meters. I would recommend having a friend stay over for the first two days at least. I was by myself and had a lot of trouble getting out of bed. You can't use your abs, so you have to figure out how to inchworm yourself into a seated position. My back was also sore from trying not to use my abs. The nice thing is after the first day, I did not experience pain while staying still. Now, some movements were very no for two to four weeks, but I fully recovered after that time. In terms of changes to my body after recovery, the only thing I noticed is changes to my period pains. The intensity of my periods, cycle, or how my body is hasn't changed. I've been lucky to have generally chill cramps, but one spot hurts like a bitch for a bit. It is the only change and it might be only because something healed funny. I'm too lazy to check if I should be worried, especially because it isn't terrible. The scars are very minimal, maybe 1.5 to 2 centimeters for each. The belly button one can disappear. For myself, they faded enough to not be noticeable around six months and could be mistaken for stretch marks. I wanted to share this process because while I don't consider myself trans, I've always had a strong dislike of my biological functions as an AFAB. I don't know if it could be considered dysphoria, but I really didn't like it. My body, for all that it drives me insane, is great. The whole baby thing and societal expectations, nope, 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 fuck that shit. A weight is off my shoulders now that I don't have to worry about getting pregnant, especially with the abortion bullshit. I figured that sharing this can help those like me and potentially some eggs, which is what we call baby trans, that can't get trans care but could potentially get this. I'm not saying it's easy, but especially with how some are weaponizing trans existence, it might be easier. I hope this can help others feel more at peace with their bodies. Have a great day. Thank you for being awesome. Yes. So thank you for writing in. I really appreciate this. This actually dovetails on our medical costs or costs of transition episodes that we did, which you can find under like the costs of transition and also maybe would fall under the cost of chronic illness, honestly. And this really dovetails with that. We actually got a lot of people writing in about top surgery, but we never got people writing in about bottom surgery. So again, honestly, if you're a trans mask or a trans feminine person, and you had some sort of bottom surgery, I would love to hear about the costs of that or the healing process associated with that. Because I also, I had top surgery, like I shared that experience. I know a lot about that. But in terms of any sort of bottom surgeries, I'm drawing a blank. So it would actually be really cool for more people to write in about that because the trans healthcare episode did kind of focus a lot on hormones and top surgery. Well, thank you so much to everyone for writing in. If you want to write in, you can do so at gabeisbadwithmoney at gmail.com. You can also go to Patreon at patreon.com slash gabesdone. You can also leave Spotify or Apple review. Please leave an Apple review. I'd really appreciate it. Five stars. Say whatever you want. Say, wow, Gabe is the smartest person I've ever encountered. Just write that. And that'll honestly be good enough. 
And if you want to leave a voice memo for the show, you can do that at GabeIsBadWithMoney.com. Just record a voice memo and send it. I love voice memos. So it would be cool to get more of those. And don't worry if they go on too long. We edit them. It's totally fine. And stop apologizing for emails being long because I do edit them. So now I will release you into your weekend. Thank you so much. I love you guys. Bye. Bad With Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual, produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond M. Print Productions, edited by Diane King, post-production sound by Coco Lorenz, and music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye.